Welcome to Working for Women, the independent women's forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hi, my name is Patrice Anwuka, and I'm a senior policy analyst at the Independent Women's Forum. Last night, President Donald Trump held a primetime press conference to announce his nominee to replace retiring Supreme Court Judge Anthony Kennedy. After two weeks of speculation, Judge Brett Kavanaugh was announced. This sprightly 53-year-old judge, law professor, and father of two girls now enters what promises to be a rancorous road to the confirmation. Here today to tell us more about Judge Kavanaugh is Erin Howley, our IWS legal fellow. Erin um, is also an associate law professor at the University of Missouri. She has worked in private practice for the Justice Department, and she's clerked for Chief Justice John Roberts. Erin, welcome back to the program. So happy to be here. Thanks, Patrice. Terrific. Well, I was on the edge of my seat <laughs> watching last night's announcement, uh, and we heard and saw that it's uh, Judge Kavanaugh. So tell us about uh, Judge Kavanaugh and what makes him such a great pick for the Supreme Court. Absolutely. Well, I was on the edge of my seat as well, Patrice, and, and really thrilled when the president nominated Judge Kavanaugh. Um, as President Trump said, he's really a judge's judge. Uh, judge Kavanaugh is currently a judge on the D.C. Court of Appeals, the D.C. Circuit, and this is sort of known as sort of the, the field team, the training uh, team, as it were, for the Supreme Court. So a highly respected court, and on, on that court, uh, Judge Kavanaugh um, himself is extremely well regarded. Uh, he's a graduate of Yale Law School, he's a graduate of Yale College, um, and a former law clerk uh, to Justice Kennedy, whom he would replace. He's also taught hundreds of students, uh, mostly at Harvard Law School, uh, and ironically, kind of fortuitously, uh, was hired uh, by then-Dean Elena Kagan, uh, who will hopefully be his colleague in the near future. Uh, most importantly, Patrice, though, I think uh, Judge Kavanaugh uh, is a great pick because he fulfills the president's pledge to appoint a judge who respects the Constitution. In his speech last night, he said that he believes that the Constitution and its structural provisions are designed to preserve the blessings of liberty. Um, and he explained his, what he called a straightforward judicial philosophy, that a judge must be independent, a judge must interpret the law and not make it. He's committed to textualism, the rather novel idea that a judge must interpret statutes as written, uh, one would think that might be obvious, uh, and also to originalism. <laughs> Uh, and, and this is the theory that, that really constrains and limits unelected judges um, because original requires them, as Judge Kavanaugh explained it, to interpret the Constitution as written, also informed by history, tradition, and precedent. So this binds them to those sorts of categories rather than looking to their own value judgment. So I think he's a, know, he's I, a wonderful I, pick. I, I agree with you. And, um, you know, one of the quotes that stood out to me is, um, is a, a, he may have written it in a previous um, opinion or, or elsewhere, but that it, he's, he, think he believes that the court should be about, um, you know, not shying away from the rights that, that people have, but also not creating new rights. And I think that goes to the quote that you pulled out, where he talks about not, it, it, judges should interpret the law, not make law. So, you know, I think Americans should really be excited that we have a Supreme Court justice who's not going to try to, you know, enact social policy, but really look at the Constitution and, and interpret it as it was written. Uh, but, you know, the, beyond him just being a judge, there is a personal side to him. And I don't know if you caught it, but I had to tweet an image of him wiping a tear as he was talking about his family and giving his youngest daughter a, a side high five. So, 
I, there, there's definitely another side to him. And, and I would love for you to talk a little bit more about his personal story. I love that too, Patrice. And it was uh, really heartwarming, as you say. Uh, listeners should, should go back and, and watch uh, Judge Kavanaugh's speech. I think you'll learn a lot about uh, the way he looks at judging. But also, as you said, this mm-hmm. is about uh, the man behind the resume. And a really sort of poignant moment was when he was describing his youngest daughter. Both of his daughters are basketball players, and he is their coach. Um, for their Catholic league. Um, and he described them both as wonderful basketball players. His eldest daughter, I think, uh, is an avid reader, he said. Um, and his youngest daughter likes to talk a lot. <laughs> um, and then he followed that <laughs> up uh, with, with a high five uh, to, his, to his smiling uh, youngest daughter. Really a warm moment. Um, so Judge Kavanaugh is clearly um, a, a family man, as someone who values uh, his wife uh, and his uh, children very much. And he also uh, has his own sort of uh, personal story that he told um, his mom. He was, he's the son of two lawyers, um, which might not be that surprising, um, but it's very surprising in the way that this sort of came about. His mom was a public school teacher uh, in the Washington, D.C. high schools, primarily African-American schools, um, and taught history for a number of years. Uh, when Judge Kavanaugh was 10 years old, she attended law school and later become a, became a judge uh, in uh, D.C. Uh, so he said that when he hears Judge Kavanaugh, he, he still thinks that someone's talking about his mom. Uh, his dad uh, worked full-time and attended law school at night. Uh, and Judge Kavanaugh described the wonderful work ethic that he'd seen from his father and said that that's uh, something that he has attempted to emulate uh, his entire uh, professional life. So it's a really wonderful story. Uh, he also has a priest uh, that he had served as an altar boy, uh, was at his acceptance speech last night mm-hmm. um, and talked about um, how, how he you know grew up uh, learning from this man and then now helps um, him serve meals to the homeless. So someone that's very involved and invested in his family uh, and his community. Yeah, I, I think those are all great examples that show, you know, a different side of him. And, and not that you have to select a Supreme Court justice based on his personal story, but I think members of Congress are going to be looking for, you know, the the, uh, the other sides of the judge and how he can, uh, you know, view both the law but also um, the situation surrounding law. So I think it's, it's I think it's very good to see the whole picture of of Judge Kavanaugh. Uh, but he has definitely a long resume, um, and he served for what about a dozen years um, uh, on the bench. You know, tell what are there one or two opinions that you think you know really stand out? Um, things that that Americans should really take um, should really uh, be pleased about, or, or understand how he's going to bring his jurisprudence, um, his background to to how he would judge. Absolutely. And it's, it's tough to pick uh, just a, a couple because, as you mentioned, he's been on the federal bench for about 12 years and in that time mm-hmm. issued something upwards of 300 opinions. Uh, so been, wow. been a very active judge who's demonstrated his commitment uh, to the Constitution time and time again. So he's got a long record, um, a record that should be heartening uh, to people who believe in the rule of law. And to just pull a couple of cases, um, there's one in particular in Priest for Life versus um, HHS. Uh, and in that case, Judge Kavanaugh dissented from the majority ruling. And in his view, uh, it was um, unconstitutional. Um, well, excuse me, in his view, it violated uh, RIFRA, the Religious Freedom and Restoration Act, to require religious organizations uh, like the Little Sisters of the Four or Priests for Life to facilitate employee access to contraceptives. Uh, because that mm-hmm. violated their deeply held religious belief. He was in the minority in the D.C. Circuit, uh, but that opinion uh, and his views uh, were later upheld at the Supreme Court uh, in a 5-4 decision where the court held, indeed, in a case called Zubik, 
that the government could not force uh, organizations, religious organizations, uh, to provide contraceptives or facilitate uh, the acquisition of contraceptions uh, if that violated their religious beliefs. And in that opinion, Judge Kavanaugh um, really sort of uh, drilled down on the importance of religious liberty. Um, and he criticized the panel majority for judicially second-guessing the correctness or reasonableness of plaintiff's religion. And I think this is so important. Um, in our country, mm -hmm. the uh, free exercise clause guarantees us a right to practice our religion, uh, regardless of whether those in power think it's a good one or not. Uh, so it's yeah. a very, very important point there. Um, another sort of area of law that Judge Kavanaugh has been particularly active and, and I think particularly good on um, is dealing with the administrative state and administrative agencies. Um, he has pushed back, I believe the Wall Street Journal reported 40 times he has felt he has found agency uh, actions uh, to be uh, unlawful, um, which is really something because the Supreme Court uh, often de defers to agency actions. And in one of those cases, uh, Coalition for Responsible Regulation uh, versus the EPA, uh, Judge Kavanaugh argued again in dissent, but again upheld at the Supreme Court, that the Obama administration's EPA had massively burdened some greenhouse gas regulations that were not supported by the statute, the Clean Air Act. Again, Justice mm. Scalia, writing to the majority, um, upheld uh, his view. And uh, Judge Kavanaugh had some, some really sort of, I think, important things to say. Um, he wrote that an agency cannot adopt absurd or otherwise unreasonable interpretations of statutory provisions and that courts should not lightly conclude that Congress intended to impose enormous costs on tens of thousands of American businesses um, with corresponding effects on American jobs and workers without being clear in the statute. And this area of law, I think, is something that we may see changed at the Supreme Court in the near future. And it, it's sort mm -hmm. of an area that's known as, as Chevron deference. And uh, this was a case in the 1980s that requires federal courts to defer to agencies' interpretations of federal law unless they're unreasonable. And in speeches and in his opinions, uh, Judge Kavanaugh has been good to sort of hold agencies uh, to the text of the statute um, while still maintaining sort of faithfulness to the Supreme Court precedent. That's, so what I hear you saying is, you know, even if he's been uh, provided dissenting opinions from, um, from the final ruling, his dissenting opinions have been upheld by the Supreme Court, which means that he's put, he was probably right all along. And I, and I think that uh, we should really find some confidence in that. I think that's great. Now, of course, uh, this is probably going to be a, a tumultuous um, road to, to him joining the Supreme Court. Um, you know, what are you, the left has already painted a narrative that he is going to be, that this is going to be the death of women, um, that he's going to roll back rights, uh, abortion rights, affirmative action rights, gay marriage. I mean, do you agree or is this just fear mongering? Absolutely not. I, I think that sort of uh, fear mongering is, is really ridiculous uh, for one primary reason. I think that appointing justices um, or judges who hopefully will become justices like Judge Kavanaugh will actually lead to increased freedoms uh, for women um, and all Americans. Uh, and for this reason, Judge Kavanaugh believes in judicial humility in that he believes the judiciary has a narrowly confined role as described by the Constitution. So he believes that the Constitution and its structures 
are designed to preserve individual liberty, uh, like I mentioned earlier. And part of that is the checks and balances and division of authority of federal powers in that, in that constitution. And the judiciary has a limited role, um, as he said last night, is to interpret and uh, not to make the law. And when the judiciary stays uh, within that limited role, then that op- opens up a lot more opportunity uh, for the American people to actually govern themselves through their elected representatives uh, because the Supreme Court is not taking those issues off the table. So, so I believe uh, that actually uh, pointing uh, justices like Judge Kavanaugh uh, will increase freedoms uh, for all Americans uh, rather than take them away. That's great. And I hope that our our listeners out there are listening very keenly to your analysis, because what we're going to hear um, is is going to be a lot of of the exact opposite. So as we're wrapping this up, I would love for you to give us a timeline. You know, what can we expect over the next few months? And, and, you know, when when are things expected to happen? Because I'm pretty sure that by the fall, the Supreme Court will be seated again for, for its next session. So please talk us through the timeline. Absolutely. So uh, Judge Kavanaugh, no rest for the weary. Uh, After uh, the sort of confirmation process um, with President Trump, he started meeting today uh, with senators on the Hill. He will likely meet with all 100 of them, um, certainly with all 100 of their staff, um, to talk about sort of his role, um, how he views judging, his judicial philosophy, uh, those sorts of things. Um, At the same time, he will be working on a questionnaire that's sent out by the Senate Judiciary Committee. And this will be one area uh, where Judge Kavanaugh um, will have, I think someone has said, upwards of 1 million uh, pages of documents uh, that the Judiciary Committee uh, will will look through. So, So a lot. Uh, of material and record uh, to look through. Uh, Judge Kavanaugh will also be reviewing that for the upcoming uh, Senate Judiciary Committee hearings. Uh, Hopefully those will be scheduled um, sometime in August or September, uh, and then the committee uh, will vote and then uh, hopefully refer him out uh, to the full floor. Uh, And as you mentioned, it's really critical that uh, the Senate act uh, in a timely manner so that he can be sitting uh, on the bench the first week of October uh, when the court opens uh, for its uh, October 2018 session. Erin, that's a perfect timeline. I know that the Senate is going to actually be in session for most of August. Um, Their recess has been canceled, and for good reason. They have a lot of work to do, and one of those things is going to be uh, confirming Judge Kavanaugh. So, Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us the rundown of this SCOTUS nominee and what we can expect in the months to come. To our listeners, thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to like us and rate us on iTunes so that others can discover our conversations. And visit IWF for more analysis about the Supreme Court, politics, pop culture, and policy. We hope you'll tune in again. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or Stop by IWF.org for similar content.